All right, we are live with another episode of Comic Talk. It's that show brought to you by The Keeg where we talk about this week's comic book rundown, right? The releases of the comics that came out this week. Um, first and foremost, DC Comics come out on Tuesdays. Marvel and Indie Comics come out on Wednesdays, if you didn't know. And today is Thursday, and uh, we have read as much as we can uh, and we're going to talk about it all. Who are we? Well, I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira. I'm host of Comic Talk, and I got two awesome guests for you guys today. If you guys can see their faces and see their names, you already know who they are, and that also means that you're watching us on any of our live stream platforms, which is Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitch, and our number one streaming platform, Volume.com. Uh, you can find us there, Volume.com slash The Keeg Show. Um, but if you're listening to us and you can't see our faces, then you're listening to the podcast, and that's wherever you can find podcasts. Uh, but once again, I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira, and uh, let me introduce my two awesome guests for today who have read a bunch of comics, and we're going to talk about it all. Uh, first, we got Manny Batista. You may know him as Manny's Picks on TikTok. You may know him as Manny Batista here. Uh, that's pretty much yep. the gist, right, Manny? That's a, yep, that's about it. Yeah. Uh, Manny, how you doing today? How's your day going? I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk about this week's comics, as always. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you're, you've are you been on the show a lot, and uh, um, and uh, it's always a great pleasure to have you, because you know your shit, man. It's fun to be here. I'm never going to say, no. hey, you want to like talk comics for two hours? Like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's literally why the key was created. It's because I was uh, I would get done with like improv shows at like midnight or one a.m. and then hang out with my friends and talk in the parking lot till like sunrise. And it's like, let's at least make this a podcast, you know? <laughs> let's get something out of it. Oh man, um, I feel like that's the way a lot of podcasts get started. So yeah, there we go. Without a doubt, yeah, yeah. But thanks for coming on, Manny. Uh, we also got newcomer. Though not the first time. It's the second second comer. He comes second uh, on this show. Uh, uh, we got G.I. Joel himself, Joel Prentice. Joel, how you doing? I'm doing great. I am also very excited to talk comics and get to chat with y'all. Yeah, yeah. If anyone's out there in the comments, in the chat right now, uh, feel free. You guys can comment, uh, 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 ask questions. Uh, we'll try to get to you guys uh, you know, at the, at the speed that we can today, we are talking about this week's, uh, rundown of comics. So if you guys haven't read it or have read it, be prepared. Cause we are going to get into it. Uh, Joel, you having a good day? Yeah, I've been a pretty good day so far. You know, nice relaxing Thursday, got to read some comic books and now I get to talk about them. So you can't complain about any of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember reading comics when I was younger and having no one to talk to about it. And I would go on yeah. forums and like type in stuff and like, great. But like, it's way different when like you could be face to face or whatever yes. this is. I guess yes. this is face to face. Face you to know face. I get yeah. virtual. Yeah. yeah. Um, I uh, open up most of the, most of the episodes with uh, a general question. Uh, that question would be uh, uh, if you had money for and time for only one comic book, one comic book a month. What would it be? Uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Joel first. Yeah. So uh, you know my go to the thing that I would want to read every month would definitely have to be GI Joe: Real American Hero by the uh, living legend himself, Larry Hama. Um, you know, I think he's a criminally underrated comic book writer, and sadly his work gets overlooked, uh, especially when it comes to GI Joe. 
uh, because it, you know it's, it originally started out as a promotional line for a toy. Um, but you know he's given the characters such depth and such meaning, and uses the stories to address really big questions about duty and honor and sacrifice, um, and even things like dealing with trauma. Uh, but you know he was super early in bringing in diverse characters and things like that, and continues to to this day bring in new characters on a regular basis. Um, so I think he's a, a great writer. I think that GI Joe is worth reading to anybody that's interested in getting into it. Um, but that's what I would read every month if I only had time for one book. Yeah. Uh, I remember you, you talked about it last time and it was a shock to me last time because Mm -hmm. I didn't know that it was like, just, it's been an ongoing for so long. Yeah. Um, also when I think of GI Joe, I just think about the cartoon and (laughs) not an ongoing comic. Do you feel like you have to do like extra legwork to tell people like, Hey, if you like GI Joe, you should like get into the comics because like people don't know. Yeah, a little bit, you know, some people aren't aware, you know, the first G.I. Joe issue number one came out in June of 1982, written by Larry Hama, and he's continued writing it this whole time. Um, and yeah, some people, they don't realize that, they, oh, G.I. Joe is like a comic book and a toy line and a car, you know, it's just a whole universe, um, essentially created by Mr. Hama himself. You know, even the cartoon is based off what he did in the comics, because the cartoon came out um, shortly after the comic book line started. And all those characters are 100% developed by him. Um, other than their names, which of course the toy line gave to him, he gave them all their backstories. Yeah. Um, when you look, when you get the original action figures or the re-release action figures, they have um, bio cards on the back. He wrote all of those. Um, so yeah, some people they don't realize that there's this whole rich story that he has been cultivating over the last 40 years um, in the you know in, into the comic series and stuff. And continues to to this day and still a very active community within the comic book side of it so usually people you know they're like oh you know i know the cartoon or they know the action figures but yeah it takes a little bit of uh, legwork to get them to the comic books <laughs> yeah uh i'm did you love gi joe first and then cha- make your username or did you make your username and then go i guess i gotta like gi joe from now on the, the the love of GI Joe came first. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That would make more sense. So yeah. <laughs> thank you for clarifying that. Of course. <laughs> uh, uh, to me, um, Manny, you got money. You got time for only one comic book a month. What's that going to be? First of all, I just really appreciate how on brand you are, Joel. Like, <laughs> I respect it. Thank you. Uh, but. Dimitri, I think you know this. I think anybody who's watched me on this show before knows this, but I'm going to say it again until you're all reading it and I'm looking at you, Dimitri, through the screen. Yeah. I, I, I will get to it. I'll get to it. <laughs> Black Hammer is my favorite superhero thing coming out right now, and it's just straight up my favorite comic coming out right now. There are two books, Black Hammer Reborn and Black Hammer Visions. Black Hammer Reborn, only read if you've been reading all the rest of the Black Hammer stuff before. You're going to be really confused. But if you want a little taste of what the Black Hammer world is like, Check out Black Hammer Visions. Each issue is completely standalone. All of them are done by a different creative team, so you get sort of a different vibe in each one. They all focus on different smaller characters within the Black Hammer universe, which is its own sort of separate superhero world that Jeff Lemire has created as this great mix between your typical superhero action, but leaning a lot more on the uh, really hard character-driven stories and uh, really relatable people, which is what I dig about it. So, like, read it, and if you want to... Try Black Hammer if you want, like, a little taste of that. Read any given issue of Black Hammer Visions. They're all standalone. They're all worth reading. I love when you talk about Black Hammer, Manny, because we get a taste of your TikTok energy. 
like there's TikTok <laughs> energy and then there's live stream energy and then like there's like black hammer energy. energy and then you're like black hammer check it out what <laughs> I only got 60 seconds to talk about black hammer you know listen man I, I sold comics it. for a very long time that's that's just like salesman yeah. voice you know? yeah yeah I love read it. this <laughs> <laughs> um I will get eventually get to black hammer um uh eventually uh my go-to uh for anyone who hasn't checked out this show and by the way if you haven't checked out this show click follow wherever you guys are watching us click follow or like or subscribe or whatever it is on whatever platform uh we would greatly appreciate it you don't gotta tip anything if you don't want to but what we do want is your lovely faces watching the shows and uh, uh following us so thank you so much um before i actually get to any uh to, to my pick uh, re- that retro plant is out there. We see you guys. That retro plant says anything Deadpool, um, and which is a great choice. Uh, if only Deadpool had an ongoing right now, but like Deadpool runs always stop and start, and uh, yeah, it's kind of sad. Pretty sporadic. They're pretty I know sporadic. there's red. Yeah, there's red, black, and blood. Red, black, and blood. Red, white, and blood. Black, white, and blood. Yeah. Black, white, and blood. I got it all wrong. <laughs> uh, black, white, and blood. I know is uh, is going on, but that's like a mini series, but. Yeah, anything Deadpool is a good choice. Uh, Tim T four two two says TMNT, which makes me wonder if he misspelled his own username when he was picking it. <laughs> it was like Tim T or TMNT. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, uh, TM, uh, T- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is is also good. Uh, I haven't picked it up recently. Uh, I know Last Ronin people people are digging it. Are people oh, yeah. digging Last Ronin? Oh yeah, yes. It's, okay. it's good. <laughs> yeah, I know that Ben Schubert, uh, aka Shuby Dubert, on TikTok. I know that he uh, reads uh, Ninja Turtles a lot. He's a big Ninja Turtle fan. Um, and so I, I that's another thing that I got to pick up. But I am so swamped with DC and Marvel and to venture outside, it's it's tough. Yeah. But, oh, there's too many comics. I've been there. There's <laughs> yeah. a lot of comics. And, and it's it's an embarrassment of riches, really, is what it is. It's like, I get it. Uh, but uh, I love it. I love the fact that, like, there's more comics than I can read, which is great, which is way better than if there being less comics than you want to read, you know? That just means there's comics for everyone, which is what it's all about. That is true. Right. Um, uh, uh, My picks are always like, well, okay, I've brought up Nightwing, and Nightwing is great, but X-Men is ramping up for another big thing, and I'm loving X-Men, so I think the X-Men title, um, all the X-Men titles, yes, but if I have to pick specifically, it's the X-Men title. I think number three came out last week. Um, but there was, there's X-Men titles every single week and I'm reading it every single time, but if I got to pick once a month, it's going to be the X-Men title, you know, um, what, uh, out of the, out of the comics that came out this week though, uh, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Uh, there were a lot of comics that came out this week, DC, Marvel, Indies. Um, do you guys have a pick of the week? A number one, just a one pick from this week that, uh, was your favorite? Yeah, I uh, think I would. Oh, you go ahead, Manny. You go no, ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to start the Manny, Manny prepped. Manny was like, uh, and, then, and then Joel was like, boom. Too long on the draw there. Too long on the yeah. draw. Uh, for me, it was probably Amazing Fantasy number three. Uh, okay. I love Carr Andrews, the writer artist of this. He's done a bunch of stuff in the past that I like, and this is now so far my favorite thing that he's ever done. Uh, if you don't know what Amazing Fantasy is, 
so we've taken three Marvel characters at three very specific points in their lives, Captain America in the midst of World War II, uh, Spider-Man in what seems like the, the straight up 60s, uh, like in his like prime teenage years, and uh, Black Widow as like uh, a child escaping the Red Room situation. Uh, they've all been plopped onto this crazy fan sci-fi fantasy world and are, uh, are trying to figure out why they're there and how they're going to leave. And there's a lot of mysterious stuff going on there, like, uh, you know, um, Uncle Ben is there, and he's like a, a sort of like badass barbarian dude for some reason. Uh, and there's <laughs> fucking aliens, and it, it's it is absolutely wild, but it's so much fun. In this issue specifically, uh, they all three of them are on like different sides of this giant fantasy war, and it all sort of all comes to a head in here. Uh, and we also get a little bit more about the mystery of this place because all of them are seeing people from their past that they shouldn't be seeing in here past Ben Parker, who we've seen for a yeah. while now. Uh, Car Andrews' artwork is where it's at for me. Like, it's great, and it's freaking gorgeous in here, and I just love the crazy fantasy aesthetic of this book, and I want to see more. I haven't started Amazing Fantasy yet, so uh, there are, what, three issues in? It was Amazing Fantasy 3 that came out this week? Yes. Okay, all right. Joel, are you reading Amazing Fantasy? No, I'm not. I uh, I haven't been reading that series. I, I wasn't going to pick up uh, the mini mini series. I'm trying to read less of those right now, personally. Yeah. But um, it yeah. sounds good. I might I might pick it up now when it comes out in trade. Uh, I didn't know yeah. it was going to be all like that. So that sounds pretty cool. Honestly, I, uh, probably a totally a trade read, especially because mm -hmm. this is like completely out of continuity as far as we know so far. Like, mm -hmm. uh, there's no ties to whatever the hell else is going on. So if you're like a new reader to uh, everybody, uh, you know, watching this is a perfect comic to jump into because you don't need to have any pre-established knowledge of what's going on in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Uh, I have some questions for you guys, but I want to explain stuff to uh, some other people and then also read a comment. Uh, Aggressively Relaxing, who tunes in on YouTube, uh, Aggressively Relaxing says, Amazing Fantasy is amazing, and Uncle Ben looks like Dan Slott. Uh, I don't know what Dan Slott looks like, but does he? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't... A little bit. A little bit. Okay. Like, like, just like chubby white guy energy. Mm. That that's like, yeah, you know, sure. Yeah. That's kind of fun. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, aggressively relaxing also says, I love it so much. Best cover of the week. Yeah. Um, those covers were crazy. Um, for anyone who didn't see, we'll, we'll continue talking about Amazing Fantasy 3 while we're, while we're at it. But those are the covers right there. I've been showing the covers um, up on the live stream. Anyway, uh, for those of you who don't know, comics come out every week. Um, and a specific series... Uh, an issue comes out every month, right? Um, so, you know, uh, DC and Marvel will split up their whole line up into quarters, right? And then release a quarter of their books in, in the first week, quarter in the second week, quarter in the third week, quarter in the fourth week of every month, right? Um, and then after about six or however many issues, they release that story arc in a trade paperback, which is, if anyone's seen my bookshelf, or uh, even uh, uh, Manny, behind Manny, uh, you can see those trade paperbacks. It's like a compiled collected edition. So um, the question I have for you guys is, how do you decide what books to read in weekly issues and what, what books to read as trades? I think Joel touched on it a little bit. Yeah, for me, it's, it's kind of based around the creative team. Um, if it's a creative team that I really want to stay with the story and read it the whole way through, um, I usually pick up the monthly um, or if it's something, you know, where I'm willing to wait, 
I, you know, I want to have a more cohesive story. Cause maybe I, you know, for instance, Star Wars, I trade weight Star Wars comic books because I don't read a lot of Star Wars titles. It's a little easier to stay with everything that's happening in that universe, waiting it for it to come out on a trade basis. So for me, it yeah. kind of depends on frequency of reading and creative team. Yeah. Manny, you got a opinion? I'll often read in issues and then buy the trade anyway if I like it enough, because I would much rather have trades on my shelves than issues. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But for, for the most part, I try, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. For the most part, I try to not read my big superhero books and issues, weirdly enough, because I just find that mm. completely overwhelming, like Batman or Detective or Amazing Spider-Man or Daredevil and stuff like that. I'm just like, that's just, there's just so much going on in those books. I'm like, I'm going to wait for it to, wait for that trade to come out and be fine. Uh, and then all the smaller books I'll read in issues because they, they're just a lot easier for me to follow. Yeah. Um, for me, it just depends. I used to read trades and not single issues. But for anyone who knows, uh, uh, you know, they, they released some six issues, you know, like or eight issues, however long that story arc is. They'll release them as a trade, but it still takes a couple months. So you're technically sometimes reading some of these issues like a year after they've come out, you know? And so, um, so now I'm like, I keep up with single issues and then if it's good and I know that that's like an iconic thing that I need to have on my shelf, uh, then I, excuse me, I get that in trade, you know? Um, thank you so much, Ju Lucinda, uh, for following. Um, and, uh, Tim T says small runs are easy to follow. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes a small run, you might as well just get it in trade, you know? Like Deadpool, red, white, and black. No, red, white, and blood. Is that what it was? Black, white, and blood. Black, white, and blood. Black, white, blood. I'm always yeah. getting it wrong. That one, I'm, I'll probably catch in trade, you know? Is that the anthology book, right? Yeah, yeah. it's an anthology series, yeah. Like, yeah. anthologies are a great example of something that I will definitely only read in issues. Uh because they're usually four or five stories in a single issue. Mm. They're fun, and they're like a nice pause from all of the sort of heavily serialized stuff that I'm reading every week. Okay. Uh, like one that we'll probably talk about later, uh, the Wonder Woman Black and Gold that came out. That was yeah. just like a nice little, like, I can take a break from, like, really having to think what happened last week, what, and just, like, sort of read a couple of short stories and have fun. And kind of just enjoy yeah. the character and stuff, yeah. 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 Um, What... Uh... What were you guys's? Sorry, did I already ask you guys what your picks of the week were? Did we? Manny shared his. I was going to share mine. Manny's was uh, Amazing Fantasy number three. Correct. Mm, That's right. That's right. Uh, Graphic Man's over in YouTube. Hey, uh, he says, hey, y'all. What's up, uh, Graphic Man? Uh, Wherever you guys are watching us, again, you can watch us on many different platforms. Please click like, comment, subscribe, do whatever you need to do, follow. Um, We would greatly appreciate it. We're on four different live streaming platforms, so... However you guys want to digest us, I'm just happy that you're digesting us. Um, hopefully over a long period of time, like the Starlack pit. Um, <laughs> Joel, what's your pick of the week? So my pick of the week for this week is going to be from Boom Studios, uh, Berserker issue number five from Keanu Ooh. Reeves and Matt Kent. Um, the artwork in this issue just blew me away. Uh, Rob Garney's artwork and then color by... Uh, Bill Crabtree, the coloring in this book was phenomenal. The artwork was intricate and beautiful. Um, Mm. And we're kind of getting deeper into the story, it seems like, which is nice, kind of understanding the character that Berserker is based around. But uh, really, the artwork on this one 
really just pulled me in and, and was just gorgeous the whole way through. I, I, every page, I was spending so much time just looking at it because there's so many things. It was great. That first dance It's a sequence. new... Oh, sorry. Wait, sorry? That, oh, that opening dance sequence, right? With oh. him and the woman. That was, like, really gorgeous and really yeah. weird for Ron Garney because I associate Ron Garney with, like, really, like, brutal action stuff. Yeah. So it's nice yeah. to see... Uh, it's a very nice change of pace from his normal stuff, and it was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, there's that scene, and then the one where they had him in the machine, and it was just all these little details all mm. around him. Um, and the coloring was fantastic, color choices throughout the whole thing. Um, so, yeah, I'm a little bit colorblind, so sometimes, you know, if they put things that are too similar, I have a hard time differentiating on the page. But with this one, it was just everything I could tell, what color, it was beautiful, beautiful work. Um, There... Uh... For anyone out there who doesn't know, this is an indie comic. It's only on its fifth issue. So it's one of those things that's not too late to catch up and jump on. Uh, can one of you guys, uh, well, actually, it's Joel's pick. So, yeah. Joel, you want to yeah. tell us uh, the premise of this? Because I don't even know. Yeah. So um, essentially, it is about this guy. Um, I don't really know. Untu, U N T U, is the character's name. Um, and he is an immortal warrior. Uh, he has been alive for at least 80,000 years. Um, so when the book starts off, he's basically working for, you know, some shadow agency for the U.S. government. Um, they send him out to do missions, and then they come back and they study him, and he kind of voluntarily does it because he is, he wants to learn who he is and learn about his past um, mm -hmm. and learn why is he the way that he is. Um, but, you know, he goes into this, like, berserker mode when he's fighting to where he basically, his eyes start glowing, he becomes super powerful, um, you know, can't really, you know, impending, you know, ripping people apart and stuff. Some really brutal action scenes in this book. Um, yeah. but, you know, he's been doing it for 80,000 years and he's been studied by every major civilization. He's been a part of every major civilization. Uh, and they're just, he just wants to know who he is and, and what his purpose is and everything. And then this issue, uh, we definitely got to see more of that kind of exploring, you know, he's been alive for so long, but has he formed any relationships? Has he connected to humans at all? Um, you know, we kind of found out in the previous issue that he's essentially a god. Um, his parents gave birth to him after, like, making a sacrifice and everything, and then, like, lightning struck, and then, boom, there he was um, oh. in his All mother's right. womb. So, and, you know, that was back in, you know, 80,000 years ago when, before there was right. really civilization or anything. Um, but, yeah, so it's basically that. And this issue kind of more explored, you know, what does that mean when you've been alive for 80,000 years? Like, do you fall in love still? Like, do you experience things? And they kind of based it in this issue around music in particular, um, which was really interesting. That's what Manny was talking about, the dancing scene that they did. It kind of started with this. He was listening to music and saying, it's always the same song that we've been singing for so long. And it was really beautiful in that sense. Um, and the artwork went really well with it. And yeah, it's been a really fun series. I believe it's been optioned by Netflix for a couple of diff different development projects, um, you know, an anime, a movie, and a TV series, if I'm not mistaken, at least one of those two yeah. or something. So yeah, it's, Netflix? it's definitely. Oh, sorry, yeah. it's definitely. Yeah, it's Netflix. I, I don't know what exactly they're developing it for, but Netflix has an exclusive contract with Boom Studios. Yeah. Um, and this is a Boom Studios comic book, and Keanu Reeves is going to be in it. So, and yeah. he's helping write the book and everything. So, Netflix is doing this weird thing right now where they're literally like they're taking a concept and they're like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do an anime version. We're going to yeah. do like a mini series. We're going to do a, a a prequel and a sequel. They did that to Army of the Dead. Like Army of the Dead is getting a prequel and an anime thing. 
uh, Miller World stuff, so like Super Crooks, is getting an anime series and a live action that ties in with Jupiter's legacy. I love Super Crooks, by the way, the the, the comic miniseries. Mm-hmm. But the point, my point being is like, what is Netflix doing? They're just like, they just want one idea and like content for it. Is that kind Basically of what, is what it, to- Yeah, it seems like, because this there's there's only five issues to go off of. And they yeah. think they optioned it like after issue three. So, because the first one sold really well, but they auctioned yeah. it fairly early. And yeah. if they're trying to build like a whole universe around this, like I, I don't really see it yet. Maybe they have yeah. stuff that we haven't seen yet, obviously, but... Yeah, that Netflix is just, they're taking every little thing and they're like, oh, this is an, in, an independent property. Let's turn it into a whole franchise. So. Right, because Netflix needs oh. that, you know? Yeah. yeah. What's weird about it is that it feels kind of redundant for Netflix because we had, like, the old guard not too long ago. Yeah. It's a very, yeah. very similar concept. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and this sort of feels like it almost just like an extension of that rather than something super Original. different from it. Yeah. yeah. And, and not to say that this isn't good. My only issue with this book is that every issue has been the same format, which is... Long flashback. There's something more to be discovered, and then that's how we end every issue. Yeah. Uh, which I'm hoping because I think it's supposed to be ten. I don't right? know if it's. A, I don't think it's limited. Is it? Limited? I, I think. I think it's. I think. I think it's going to be like three trades. So I think twelve or something. Yeah, that, like that. sounds about. Yeah, that probably would be where it's about. Uh, oh, it is twelve. I'm, yeah, it is okay. twelve. Yeah. I'm interested to see once we get past this flashback stage what the actual bigger plot is going to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to shout out some people, uh, previous guests that we uh, had on the show. We got Michael Mead, AKA for the love of comics. He's on volume right now, uh, saying that it is a 12 issues, uh, 12 issue run. He loves it though. And then we also got Lex from Wednesday pull, uh, on YouTube right here. Uh, what's up Lex? What's up, Michael? Just want to say hi. Um, Basically, uh, 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 yeah, I mean, Berserker, the big thing is that it's tied to Keanu Reeves. So Netflix is like, of course, we get another, yeah. we get a Keanu Reeves thing. And then I wouldn't put it past Netflix to see if they could tie in Berserker with the old guard. I don't know. I wouldn't put it past them. I think, like, could happen, maybe. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Um, you guys aren't reading X-Men titles, are you? You guys aren't at all. No, I'm, I'm trading it, but not reading it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm waiting. loving, I'm loving it. I'm just, I'm, I'm, since the Hellfire uh, Gala, like, all the changes that are happening are, uh, they've been crazy. Michael says, no, what? No X-Men? Yeah, Manny and Joel don't read uh, X-Men in issues, at least. Yeah, not in single um, issues, yeah. We will be talking about the the two X-Men issues that came out this week because I had to read them. I had no choice. Uh, My pick of the week is Sword number eight. It was either that or Inferno number one. But Sword number eight edges out Inferno for one big reason. And she's on the cover. Uh, Storm, my favorite X-Man and also one of my favorite characters ever. Uh, and they just keep upping the badassery. Um, I don't know how much you guys know and uh, whether you're, you you want to hear about what's going on with X-Men right now. You guys okay with that? I'm, I'm, I'm here for it, yeah. All right. Well, this is my pick, sword number eight. Basically, uh, uh, the mutants have terraformed Mars and made Mars into a living planet. And the only way they could terraform Mars is with the help of the other mutant nation of Arako. I say Arako for a specific reason. Some people say Arako, 
but it sounds too much like Iraq, like Iraq, you know? And then you say the Iraqi people, and it just sounds like, if you say Iraqi people, it's just Iraqi people. You know what I mean? Anyway, the point being is, for simplicity, I call it Araka. Anyway, um, there's Krakoa, which are the mutants that we know and love, and then there was a hidden nation of mutants from uh, that got shunted into another kind of dimension uh from Arako and they're more warlike and tribal and when they came and had to share an island with Krakoa uh there were some problems so so the mutants all kind of teamed up and terraformed Mars and essentially are trying this like mutant empire like but just starting by going to Mars and anyway uh, they're a tribal kind of warlike species, and they look more like Inhumans than they do mutants, because they're all kind of gross looking and just mm. like animals or things, and they're like really alien looking. And those mutants uh, uh, fight to like gain positions, and so somebody, one of the guys, challenges Storm to a fight, and but this 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 uh, uh, Arako mutant can mess with your genome. And he can just, like, cause tumors or take away your powers. He can just, like, meddle with your DNA from wherever he is. And so, but he he takes away Storm's powers. He mutates her so she's just kind of half blob. And, like, he's like, whatever, I win. And she's like, she takes out a knife and she stabs him. And it's so badass. And he ends up turning her powers back on, turning her back to normal out of respect. And uh, it's such a badass fight. Sword number eight. Sounds like Storm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love badass Storm. Storm is yeah. not represented well enough in like the live action movies. You yeah. know? They failed her big time. They, they failed, failed her, her big time. time. Yeah. 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 Um, the big, the big um, well, what uh one of the big comics that came out this week, like Amazing Spider-Man 74. Did you guys read that? No, I'm not a not reading any Spencer stuff. I might. I, I don't even know if I'll pick it up when it switches over because it's gonna be what four issues a month now. I love Ben Riley, but not. Yeah, I think it's because there's four or five people writing it now. And, yeah, Spider-Man uh, by committee again. Yeah, okay. and I, yeah. 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 <laughs> huh. But neither of you guys read Amazing Spider-Man seventy-four. No, I got the rundown and whoa. Uh, let's. I mean, let's just touch on it just for the sake of this because. Uh, I don't want to talk about it too much because oh no, just let's move on. You know, like, let's 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 move on. I well, like, is it fair that we skipped it then, Dimitri? I've heard I haven't just, heard many good things. Just, <laughs> yeah, you just need to know about the one retcon that it did because some like some people were were saying that like in previous Spider-Man runs, like there's a point to like a lot of the a lot of the stuff, but this point was just to lead up to a retcon. Mm. And I'm happy for the retcon, but as far as the story is concerned, I had one thought that I thought it was going to end with. Um, let me bring up. Let me bring up the, um, the 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 cover. So we got multiple variant covers. So I tried to put as many as I could on one screen. But basically, Amazing Spider-Man Four ends Nick Spencer's run, and then when they start back up again next month, it's a new writer. Who's the writer? Uh, Kelly Thompson, Saladin Ahmed. Uh, there are two more, uh, Zeb Wells, and there's one more who I cannot remember. Well, that's right, I forgot. You, you did yeah. say that it's written by com- committee. Um, and, 
basically, the retcon was those kids that we thought were Gwen Stacy and Norman Osborns were not theirs. It wasn't theirs. Uh, it was this big convoluted plot by Harry Osborn to f- just fuck with everybody. So, yeah. Uh, the know. other two writers, by the way, Cody Ziglar and Patrick Gleason, who I didn't know was doing writing duties on that. No, I didn't know Gleason was going to be writing it either. I thought he was just be doing art. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, ben Riley is back, but I mean, he doesn't pop necessarily pop in in this issue. There is a there is a side story that he kind of pops in at the end, but we don't see much of him. I don't know what they're going to be doing with Ben Riley and Peter Parker, but they're doing something starting from seventy five onwards. So Peter's not out of commission or anything. Like he's still he's not out of that? commission. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. What I wanted, I wanted them to get married at the end of this, because like. When you date for years and years and years and then you get your mind wiped, but then you get your memories back, I guess. Like, it's not like you have to start over from scratch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I assumed was going to happen from the beginning of the Spencer run when he got them back together. I thought his end game was making was getting them married. Because in the beginning, in like the first issue, they're already like dating or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I was assuming that this was all going to lead up to like the big like... You know they're back, and then maybe they they he retires for a bit, and you know Ben Riley takes up the mantle while he's chilling yeah. and being the married Peter. But I was wrong. Mm. Yeah, I I wish I wish Peter can never have good things. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> Peter cannot right. be happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there were some cool things actually that dealt with Mephisto, and Mephisto essentially goes, Doctor Strange is like, why are you so involved in Peter Parker's life? Why? And, like, Mephisto essentially says that he can see possible futures. And, essentially, it hints that, like, Peter might be the the death of Mephisto or some sort of defeat of Mephisto, a big defeat. And then, but then Doctor Strange was like, yeah, but you also are also really invested in their his relationship with Mary Jane. And then it shows the same future, but an alternate version where it's his daughter, that's in the that's defeating Mephisto. So basically, it's saying that like Peter's destiny and his love with Mary Jane. Either way, something's going to bring around the downfall of Mephisto. That's what I gathered from it. And so, okay, we'll see how that goes. All right, well, I'm just glad we're done with this whole kindred thing. We retcon the whole Gwen Stacy, gross Norman Osborn thing, and like we're done with it. That's good to know that since past has been. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like taking fast. 73 issues to retcon a single story, you know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nick Spencer. Uh, right, right. Um, what were the big, was there a big, big uh, uh, thing that you guys read this week? Uh, Whether yeah, it's DC I, I, or Marvel? Action Comics, uh, okay. Superman is gone. Mm-hmm. He has left. What happened? War World. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so. I read Son of Kal-El, so they barely touch on that there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, tell me about Action Comics. Uh, yes. There we go. So, um, you know, the Kryptonian, possible Kryptonian that they rescued from those War World ships, Tora Law. Um, she was forced, of course, to attack Superman or to at least her mission was to kill Lois and to kill Kara and kill John. Um, you know, Superman stops her and kind of says like, if I'm your hero, like you have to trust me that like, I'm not going to fail you. Uh, and she basically allows herself to die. She breaks her chains. Mongol kills her. And Superman kind of decides I need to go to war world and potentially save these other Kryptonians. Like I have to, these people are trusting me and, and they have my house yeah. sigil and everything. Um, the league came 
and Superman is out of the league. They kicked him out because of the whole thing with the uh, Genesis Stone in the last issue of uh, Action Comics, where he stole the Genesis oh. Stone. He broke the sovereignty of Atlantis um, and stole the Genesis Stone from them. Uh, so the League basically has to cut ties with him, uh, and you know they can't go to War World with him. Uh, but the Authority, which is his other team from Superman and the Authority, are going to be traveling with him. Joel, I have questions. Hold up. Yeah. This, this is... First of all, Philip Kennedy Johnson, I think, has been doing a really solid job writing Superman. I think so, too. I, yeah. I think his characterization of Superman has been really, really on point throughout. Agreed. Uh, and I'm really here to see Superman on War World because the Future State stuff was actually pretty cool. Uh, yeah. But this issue did the thing that makes me hate DC Comics continuously, and it brings in the fucking authority when clearly Superman and the authority is not in continuity. Like, it is not. It's not. These are the same pe- and it's like the it's exact not. same team, Dimitri. It is the exact same team. They it's the exact exactly, same team. They, they, there's but not even an aesthetic difference. I don't even know. Yeah. I don't even know. And I'm it's so like, frustrated. And it's like those versions of those characters from the Authority comic books. Yeah. And the Authority books are like set in the 60s or, you know, from a, a different 60s where Superman met uh, Kennedy and stuff. And it's like, it has nothing to do with current continuity, and then like there's a, okay. even a note that says like go read the authority, and I'm like what like that has nothing to do with this. <laughs> also, okay. he is not for he is not like in a in a single line or a page even referenced the fact that these people are around and yeah. chilling, and he has them like on the back burner. I was like, did I miss something in a previous issue? I thought was, so. Like, I did too. Yeah, I was chilling in the you know. I guess. There's another. There's gonna be another book that's Superman slash Batman and the Authority. That's what it looked like. Yeah, I, that seems weird. But having okay. to be the same Authority that is yeah. from Superman and from the Morrison stuff, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Oh. yeah, it's probably. I don't know. Superman and the Authority probably has to tie in with like what they had planned for 5G or Future State or whatever. Yeah, maybe. And then like this is kind of a holdover, and then. So this is kind of, that's kind of like an alternate future. So there is an authority Possibly. here that, that he's allied himself with. I don't know, but I guess we'll yeah. see. But God damn it. Okay. It, is, it is a little weird because even then the Superman from Superman and the Authority is more like Kingdom Come Superman yeah. in terms of his yeah. appearance and you know his powers are kind of fading and everything. I don't know. It's weird, but I'm I'm here for it. I like you said, I'm really enjoying uh Kennedy Johnson's characterization of superman um any of the moments between him and john i'm a newer father so they really hit me uh mm. of course superman is like the greatest dad you could probably ask for because <laughs> he's right. superman but all of those moments I, you know the characterization of of superman of john of lois of all of them kind of as a family uh i've been really enjoying that for the most part but i am excited to see kind of what happens now with the war world side of it Dude, yeah. specifically the lowest stuff in in action comics, oh, I think, yeah. has been like so good. Yeah. He yeah. has done a really great job of making her a real force in this book. Like not just a side character or a yeah. love interest. Like yeah. in an earlier issue, she does something that Superman can't. She consoles this woman in a way that Clark yeah. never could. And you see that throughout this book. It's that 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 I think has been like the standout part of this for me yeah. is seeing Lois take like a real active role in an action comics book in a significant way, and I hope yeah. it stays that way even while he's off hanging around in World War. Yeah, they, get, they like, go back to visit that. John and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't read action comics there, but I did read Superman Son of Kal El, which also deals with Superman leaving. Did you guys read Son of Kal El? Yes, number I three. Did. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, 
for those of you who don't know, Superman has a son named Jonathan, and Jonathan is now old enough to be Superman, and Superman is leaving Earth, and leaving Earth to Jonathan to protect. Uh, but Jonathan's doing it in a way that's very Gen Z, uh, in a good way, in a good way, you know? Um, uh, he's, he's putting himself on the line by protesting. Uh, he is helping people. He's not taking authority. Uh, uh, he's not respecting authority blindly, should I say. Um, he's doing a lot of, like, really cool things. And this one's written by Tom Taylor, right? So Tom, Tom Taylor. Taylor's writing Nightwing. He's writing this. What else is Tom Taylor writing right um, now? Is it just Dark Ages. Yep. Is there another deceased book going on right now? It feels like there's always no. one happening. Yeah, he's doing... Not, not, not in a little bit. Yeah, he's doing Dark Ages, Seven Secrets, which is his indie series, which is really good. Yeah, Seven Secrets has been awesome. Yeah, and then he's doing the uh, Dark Knights, TDK, the, the Dark Knights series one, where it's like a medieval... It's like Dark Ages, but for, for DC. So he's doing both of their... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> their medieval books for him. That's his yeah. brand, man. This is, is like weird, yeah. like post-apocalyptic stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's... it's, it's... I, I think the DC one is supposed to be like a Dungeons and Dragons swords and sorcery type yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, blast from the past type thing. So who knows what's going to happen there. But um, Son of Kal-El is, uh, I don't know how he's going to get out of that ending, but we'll see. Did you got, oh, you read it, right? Joel read yeah. it, but mm. did Manny read it? Yeah, yeah. Basically, they dropped the that end. super dense, yes, that, the, that super dense girl, the neutron star girl, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, and yeah, it yeah, blows okay. up the yeah. Kent farm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see, we'll see. Um, yeah, I've been enjoying the Superman Son of Kal El. I'm reading Nightwing as well too, and but I am noticing that thematically, mm-hmm. Superman Son of Kal El and Nightwing are basically the same story. Nightwing is doing what John is doing in his own way and everything. Yeah. Um, so for that reason, I, we'll see how much longer I'm going to be reading uh, Son of Kal-El. You know, I'd like getting my Superman fix in and everything. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's very similar in, you know, between those two titles as to right. what he's doing with the characters, which I, I like because it's kind of bringing in this new generation of heroes. Hopefully we can see Nightwing kind of grow into his own. We can see John kind of grow into his own um, and be their own version of their, uh, you know, predecessors, you know, and see how they right. can kind of exceed them in any way. I feel right. you on that, Joel. I've I've talked about this before on here, but I feel like Tom Taylor treads very similar ground on a lot of his books. Uh, and, I, and I don't just mean like in, in Nightwing and in Superman Sinicala, where they're both sort of working at a larger scale in terms of heroism, right? Uh, and even like his like post-apocalyptic books all sort of feel very, very similar in tone and what he wants to sort of portray. Uh, mm-hmm. I am a fan of this issue of of, uh, of, uh, of Superman Sinicala. I think that specifically there's a really poignant moment in here where... Uh, uh, John says something that every Superman ev- fan ever has said, but has never been said in a comic. Where he goes, like, "No, my, my my dad is a refugee. Like, he came here on a fucking spaceship. Yeah, you know, he is not from here. Yeah, uh, and you're tr- and you treat him a completely different way than you treat these people. Yeah, uh, and I and again, I, I I dig stuff like that, and I think that's uh, a, a really important message. But it's also like it. it, it Again, I sort of feel that that like, yeah, you're doing this in all of your books. I, yeah. I got you. you know? <laughs> I get what you're going for, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's kind of going for like, you know, a successor exceeding yeah. the predecessor, the son overcoming the father. Right. Because um, he even has a moment in Nightwing where Batman directly addresses Dick as his son, mm. you know, and, and the, they're kind of thinking Crime Alley, you know, which is obviously yeah. very 
symbolically symbolically and thematically very similar. They had the same thing with, you know, John protecting refugees and having that conversation very symbolic of what he was doing and kind of where he's going with the characters. You know, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how they either character ends up and how they succeed in those different routes. Um, but, you know, maybe a nice comparison between the two because uh, they are very different in terms of overall motivations and everything between John and between um, uh, uh, Dick Grayson. So, yeah, we'll see. And like, I feel like my issue with this book is not on the book it's on me reading too many comics all at once yeah. you know what i mean like 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 yeah. let me be clear i feel like if you're reading superman son of kyle uh in isolation right and not reading like tom taylor's other book this is going to hit a lot more for you because yeah this yeah. is this something that, or sure. even like if you're reading like within the superman books right this feels like it stands out which is good yeah uh, so like you know listeners if you're like worried about like oh god if you're just reading this book you're gonna have a good time this is yeah. just me and Joel reading everything all at <laughs> Read once. Read a lot you know of stuff. I mean? Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm interested to see where DC's going with these younger, like, I never thought I'd see the day where, like, Superman's son would take over for Superman. But it's here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Well, fuck you, Connor, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, and that sucks. It sucks so much. But I yeah. not, we don't talk like about Connor. Connor. <laughs> you know, I like Connor. I like Connor, too. I've always liked yeah. Connor. Yeah. And he's not even in Suicide Squad. We thought he was. That wasn't him. <laughs> that yeah. wasn't him. Yeah. yeah, they really are doing Connor dirty. <laughs> Yo, yeah. get him in that Superman Son of Kyle L book. I, I feel oh. like they have not talked enough like there's a great convert like talk about legacy conversation that conversation yeah. with superman whatever the conversation between connor and fucking john when they figure out like oh he's gone now it's time to, for us to like hash this shit out between us that's yeah that's that's yeah. what i'm waiting for that would be a great yeah. story that'll be a great story i'm sure he's also, know, hopefully we'll sorry. get there yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. tom taylor if you're watching yeah. <laughs> take notes <laughs> it also sucks that connor is still super boy but he's been there longer than yeah than jonathan man has you five know? o'clock shadow let him be <laughs> something else you don't want Superboy to be Superboy. you don't want con to be super boy give, give him give him give him like an updated name he's he's an adult now he, he yeah in, in young did you read young justice man's yeah he's grown all right yeah, he's yeah. an adult yeah yeah no i know but uh well, Tim is also has to be 18 by now, right? Like, send Tim to college. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's wa- he has wanted to go to college for so long in that Detective Comics run, right? He mm-hmm. was preparing to go to college, and he wasn't telling Bruce that he was going to give up being Robin, right? Wasn't that, like, part of the plot? No, no, you're I right. I remember something. Like, yeah. This was in the but it's like, stuff, I think, right? No, no, it's in Detective Comics when he has the whole, the Belfry team. With no, that was, when, I think that was Titan was writing that. Oh, from the Titan, I thought you yeah. said Titans. I thought you said oh, no, Titans. No. And I the was Titan like, oh, detective, okay. I mean. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it was that run. And so, uh, you know, uh, Tim has a lot of stuff going on right now that he has to work through. I want to see more Tim, you know? So, eh. That's, that's just me. They're all adults now. At yeah. least 18, 19, right? Like, where's Wonder Girl? Where's uh, Cassie Sandsmark? I, yeah. Okay. Let me just put it this way. I need Young Justice back. I know it just ended last year. We need it back. There are <laughs> story, There are still stories to be told these characters, and some of those characters, that was their only book they were on. Where's my son, Impulse? 
Where's my son? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Give me back my son, DC. I love that character so much. Right. Young Justice is the only place where, where we're going to see some of those characters. Where is the Young Justice book? Or just Justice. They're all adults now, I think. Yeah. <laughs> just call it Justice? <laughs> you know, we, we removed the team from Titans. We can remove the young from Justice. No, I mean, Teen Titans Academy uh, is, oh, oh, yeah. is, is still teen. Yeah. I think uh, that's, in my perfect world... Oh, what's up? I was going to say, I think that's been a, a big difference I've noticed between Marvel and DC. DC has not done as good of a job incorporating their kind of next-gen heroes, their young heroes, whereas in Marvel, you know, we have Champions, Miles has his own series, Kamala's yeah. had her own series multiple times, you know. They've yeah. done a really good job of incorporating them into the universe um, and kind of allowing, you know, they're putting Miles through his paces right now, you know, with all the things that are going on with him, so... Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of a, a big difference I've noticed, at least how they're kind of bringing in the next generation of heroes, uh, specifically for either universe. It's been kind of a different different takes on them, I guess. But I think that that's probably just because, like, Marvel, that's just, like, taking time. Like, Kamala Khan and Miles have been around for a while, and, like, they sort of, like, ditched the rest of their legacy characters. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. most, like, like uh, all of those kids from Avengers Academy, except for Reptile, are, like, disappeared yeah. into oh, the yeah. Movie, <laughs> you know? Uh, but, like, I think... The issue is that DC has only decided, like, within the last year, that they're like, oh, God, we're going to do, like, a legacy DC, like, now. Uh, so yeah. then they're, like, pushing everybody to the forefront as soon as they can. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Which feels weird uh, because they've been around for way longer. <laughs> yeah, they right. have. That's it. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah. like, Connor's been around. John's been around for a while. You know, they've all mm-hmm. been around for a long time. But, like, now we're just getting them now. Mm-hmm. And then they introduce even more with Titans Academy. We have all these other new characters that are, like, another wave of legacy heroes. So yeah. it's just like they're trying to do, they're trying to catch up now, it seems like, uh, right. in the comics. I I want, uh, in a perfect world, I want a Titans series going on at the same time a Teen Titans series is going on at the same time a Teen Titans Academy series. Uh, mm-hmm. We can get rid of Titans Academy, but I like the concept right now, so I'm, I'm cool with it. Yeah. And then Young Justice. There should be four, there should be four titles that does that because where is Miss Martian? Where is Natasha yeah. Irons? I, I guess Natasha Irons is in authority, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's in the authority. But like, like, where are these characters? Where's Donna Troy? Where's Cassie Sandsmark? There's, where is well, Donna, Donna? No, Donna Troy's in, in Titans Academy. Yeah, she's in Teen Titans Academy. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. But she's like, one of the teachers. There's a lot of characters where these Titans comics are the only times we're seeing them. And like, like, it'd be like if Marvel got rid of the Champions comic. Because there's a lot of characters in Champions that you won't see anywhere else. Nova so like, even Nova, like yeah. Richard Ryder is back. So Sam Alexander is, is B-string now. B-string mm-hmm. off of a B-string hero, you know? And so uh, I want, I want my teen books back. Like, come on, DC. Like, like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sad, sad. I feel betrayed. Give me my teenage melodrama. Yeah, kind of, yeah. That's what those books are. That's why I love them. Yeah. Um, uh, We got, uh, what other, let's see. Did anyone read Detective Comics? Is anyone keeping up with Detective Comics? No, not right now. Yeah. No, neither am I. But this cover looks super cool. That, like, middle cover right there that I just put up. Like, well, actually, all these covers are pretty cool. Is that Dan Mora? Uh... I don't know. Feels Can't like Dan see. Moore. Yeah, I think yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love the very, I love the um, 
the one on the left, the, the B cover for this week for Detective looked really nice. I didn't get a the chance. Motorcycle to get one? The motorcycle one. I thought that was a good yeah. cover. I have a couple of them yeah. still here. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's some great covers for sure. Yeah. Uh, did y'all read Icon and Rocket? No, I, I did. didn't read yeah. any of the milestones. Yeah. Dude, this book started as like the weakest of the bunch, or at least yeah. for me. Like, I, I really wasn't feeling that first issue. I feel like it was like paint by numbers, get this out of the way. Right. But it's quickly becoming the most, like, like, exper- like I guess, like, I, I, I don't know if I want to say experimental, but, like, risk-taking. It is taking risk, yeah. Of, of the bunch, which I'm really interested in. Uh, yeah. The quick premise of this issue, uh, Icon and Rocket decide that drugs are a no-no, and they totally dismantle the entire world's drug operations, period. Uh, right. Which causes a huge ripple effect, which means that uh, a bunch of governments are without money, and uh, a bunch of, and the government is like, all right, this is a huge issue. <laughs> and also, there's some stuff about uh, Icon's backstory in terms of, like, the stuff that he did between pulling up as a slave and now being... Uh, icon and and we're sort of pulling the... up as a slave. That's like, unfortunately, how it started. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's just funny. It's just like, yeah, pulling up to the club. Like, it's it's that. Like, what? <laughs> crash landing on Earth as an alien and then becoming a slave. Yeah. Now and it's history yeah. in America, which is something that they did not explore in the original Icon and Rocket series. It's very much like mm. we get that bit of backstory. We get a little bit there, and then eventually he's just like. I'm a Republican, and it looks weird to everybody now. Uh, and but we don't get the the sort of in between of how he became this like jaded, like I'm yeah. tired of everyone's shit, uh, yeah. dude. Uh, and I, and I'm and I'm glad that we're seeing that in between and is doing some interesting stuff with it. Uh, again, seeing the, the 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 ramifications and repercussions of like ending the the drug trade in the world is really interesting. And Rocket yeah. and Icon having real ass debates over what that actually means and conversations over what that actually means. Feels yeah. like it rings true to the uh, sort of original spirit of those characters, which is what I was sort of worried about, while not leaning too heavily on the fact that Icon is a super Republican, uh, yeah. because like I, I was interested to see how they were going to play that, and I'm and now I'm seeing what they're doing with it, and I like it yeah. because it's not they haven't leaned too far to the right, which would have uh, been. A, I agree, <laughs> but I also barely think he's republican and if you look at his ideals in this in this in this comic alone if you look at his ideals and his goals that's not a those aren't republican talking issues so what so is he even i I think that like like, i think now it's i think now it's less like republican and democrat and more like what how like the the sort of jaded democrat versus the gen z democrat you know what i'm saying right right right. like this is just how the world works, Democrat, and there are certain things that we cannot change versus the right, Gen right. Z Democrat who goes, no, we're going to change let's everything, just, and it all Yeah, let's just stuff. burn stuff down. And, yeah, 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 and like, big, pro- like proper you know. change the system, which I think, yeah. again, that's a fair change to what that dynamic is, and it's a fair modernization to that dynamic because, yeah. again, left and right right now, very different than left and right in, like, the 90s. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so this book, I think this issue's the the tail end of the last issue and this issue have really gotten me like jazzed to continue reading the rest of this. I'm like yeah. here for for how this how this goes to sort of see what happens. Because there's a villain in this that's kind of like Icon or no? 
Yeah, like he's he, an alien as well who's yeah. lived hundreds of years. Mm. Yeah, I, I feel like what what they're probably gonna end up because the the reason that he crash landed here because he was trying to escape like an intergalactic war. I'm sure that this guy is from the other side, trying mm. to get like one of the stragglers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's scary though. He's scary. Properly uh, scary too. They set him up really well. Yeah, uh, there is one thing that that I I noticed in this is that it uh, it firmly cements itself as a alternate DC universe. It's not the uh, DC Prime universe, mm. uh, and that is because they say that there was uh, basically Clark lands in 1939. Well, they say 1939, but but Superman came out in 1938. But anyway, whatever. Yeah. Uh, uh, they uh, and then the oh. that killer guy kills the baby. Which what a move! What a... they killed Superman in the crib <laughs> for this for this uh, for this issue. That is crazy. Do you notice that, Manny? I like totally glossed over that, but now that I'm mm-hmm. thinking about it, you're like totally fucking right. Which yeah. is wild. Right, right. Uh, so, so we know that Superman could have existed in the Milestone universe, but didn't, you know, cause he was killed in the crib, you know? Um, and so, uh, uh, yeah, Icon Rocket is, is shaping up pretty good. Right now we got Icon and Rocket season one, Static season one and Hardware, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, I think that, uh, uh, I'm, ex- I haven't read Hardware yet. But I'm keeping up with Static and Icon Rocket. Hardware is really good. That was a great it- first issue. Yeah, I really liked it a lot. Okay. Okay. Also, right. Dennis uh, Dennis Cowan is back drawing it, which is wild to me that they got him back. Uh, he's the, he's the original artist of yeah. those earlier uh, hardware issues, and yeah. he's still really freaking good. I mean, he proved that when he did that question book with Jeff Lemire, the Black Label book, a little while ago. But now he still kicks ass. Mm-hmm. I didn't read that one, but okay. Uh. Uh. The question is on Checkmate right now. I don't know if you guys yes. are reading Checkmate. I'm just going to bring it up real quick. Uh, are you reading Checkmate, Joel? No, no. I just, I, it crossed over with Justice League and the question was there, so. You're right. I didn't yeah. read, I, yeah, you're right. I didn't read this issue of Checkmate. <laughs> I <laughs> thought I did because of Checkmate being in Justice League. You're right. I read the yes. Justice League issue. So Checkmate number four came out. I did not read it. I don't think anyone else here read it, but uh, cool cover, I guess. Yeah. Uh, is it Renee? Justice League. I don't know. Is, uh, the, is the, is the cover Renee or is it no? The, the question. Oh, is, is it Renee or is it uh, it's, it's not Vic. Renee. It's Vic. Yeah. Wax. As far as I know, it's Vic. Yeah. You know? I think they showed Renee, or no, I think it was a fourth question when they showed it in Future State with Shazam. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if something's oh. gonna happen to Vic. Um, yeah, because there's a fourth question now in Future yeah. State. At least there was. So because I know I, Renee I shows up sworn. in like a, a like a one shot story in in the uh the the pride month issue mm-hmm. like that's that's where i, I saw her recently yeah, yeah you're right so there's has to be two questions running around mm. at yeah. least more, more you know? renee montoya please all the time I love yeah. That character. yeah yeah i love her too i know um, shazam Ch- kills one of them in future state at least that's what they hinted at that he killed at least so. one of the yeah. questions in future state so yeah we'll see what happens that. with yeah. these ones so <laughs> Uh, Future State messed up things. I wish they never released yeah. Future State and they just released their new Infinite Frontier stuff, and that yeah. was that. It's it's I, now it's like what's happened, you know? I don't know. It's it's, it's like, are they alternate futures? I I think they're alternate futures, and some of those things are going to come true, and some of them aren't. Yeah. So they're supposed to like whet your appetite, but rather 
it was a letdown. It was such yeah. a letdown. They a lot of confusing stuff. It, yeah, I it's think convoluted. That, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's too close to what's actually happening to be... Because if you're a long-time reader, then you know the separation, but if you're a new reader and you're just sort of picking stuff up, you're yeah. lost. That's it. Yeah, Everything is right. Right. Uh, Justice League 68 came out. Yes. That I did read. Uh, yes. Joel read it, and then Manny, did you read it? Nope. No? Uh, Joel, you want to talk about Justice League? Yeah, you know, um, we were kind of saying this beforehand. I am glad I stuck it out for Justice League because I have been reading it since uh, Bendis jumped on, uh, like 59 or something like that. Um, and it has been, at least the last couple issues, like 65 to like 67 were tough for me to get through. I was yeah. having a really hard time reading through them. Um, you know, the first arc wasn't too bad, but this most recent arc, this uh, United Order or Fallen Justice, I can't remember what the title of the arc was, was it was tough to get through. It was a it was a long couple of issues. Um yeah. but I'm glad I'm glad I stuck it out because this one I feel like he finally landed the plane in a sense um of getting us to what he, you know, th- this next big story kind of got us through that last one, through that last slump. Um, and then he's also smoothed out the dialogue a lot more, I felt like, in this issue. That's, like, a big thing for me is I, I like it when dialogue kind of runs smoothly. It was really clunky yeah. in some of the other ones, and this one it ran much much smoother, much more what I expect from Bendis in terms of his writing. Um, so I feel like maybe he was just kind of lagging on that last arc to get ready for this one. I know that they do that sometimes. They'll have a, an arc that kind of dips, and then they'll pick it back up. Um, but, yeah, I'm glad I stuck it out because this issue really turned it around for me. Did you like the previous arc? Because this is the second story arc. In, yeah, the first in arc was fine. Story. Yeah, the first arc was yeah. fine. Um, you know, I'm sure that's going to get revisited. But this this most recent arc was was tough to get through. And I'm glad I, I made it yeah. through because this last issue, he closed it out. And, you know, we're moving on. And I, I definitely feel like he just is kind of like stalling for time with that arc, kind of building up everything, what he's doing with Checkmate and everything um, to kind of jump into this next big thing that he's working towards. Yeah. Um, I liked the first arc mostly because the plot was pretty simple, mm-hmm. but the character moments were better because yes. the plot was simple. You could focus on the character moments and have like Naomi, like be meeting all these like upper echelon heroes of the world yeah. and like see those interactions. Uh, but the plot was whatever. I didn't care anything about the plot, but the characters yeah. were so good in that first arc. I think and I feel like it's the opposite in this one. Yeah, you know, this one it was all plot, and it was like, oh, okay, like now, like Sidmar's coming. Like, what is like, where did this come yeah, from? Sidmar's here. Like, like what did Damien Rose or whatever? David yeah, Rose, who is Damon Rose uh, Lane's brother. Yeah, all of a sudden, it's just kind of all this stuff kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, it was just kind of like treading water, not really developing anything, and then now, like, we have it all set up. So I think yeah. he was just kind of stalling for time. Because, yeah, like you said, in the first arc, it was really good. You know, they brought Black Adam in, so they had some really great moments yeah. between him and Superman and him and kind of getting adjusted to now being a hero. Um, you know, they brought Naomi in, who's all starstruck and everything, you know, being on the Justice League for the first time. So that first arc was really great, kind of, like, establishing the team. And then I feel yeah. like we were just kind of sitting still for five issues, waiting for him to get through this United Order thing to get us to whatever's coming up next. So, yeah, yeah. Um I, uh, yeah, this, 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 this was definitely a growing pains type, uh, uh, like (laughs) transitional period. Uh, and eh, it is what it is. I like the art and I like when he actually can, he can focus on the characters, uh, which is nice. Uh, Manny, what did you, uh, what else did you read this week? Um, did you, did you guys read Wonder Woman Black and Gold at all? 
No. I did not, but I would love to hear about it. Uh, it's an anthology book, so it's a couple of different stories. Uh, this one had a, like, it, this one was a great pause between every everything that I was reading this week. It had a lot of really wholesome stuff in there. Uh, like, there's one about a, uh, a young girl who, like, is, like, playing Batman and loves Batman, and then her, like, building gets, like, attacked or whatever, and Wonder Woman saves her, and then she's, like, awestruck at the end, and that was really cute. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There is a story with art by Leonardo Romero, who I really like, who you might know as the guy who did most of the art on the Cape Bishop Hawkeye run. Um, and it's about Wonder Woman meeting an old friend uh, who's in this, like, building that makes everything like it was in the 70s. So, like, she, like, reverts back into her, like, 70s, like, oh. fa fashionista, you know, like, powerless outfit, and you get a little, yeah. like, fun uh, and playful action scene with that, but then it's really about uh, this woman trying to escape aging because she has cancer and it's like really emotional by the end. And I was like, damn, wait a, wait a, turn this like, wait to like punch me in the gut. Uh, yeah. And like, uh, and that, that's sort of across the board for the stories in here. I think that they were all sort of cute and fun, but had something to say, uh, which is what I'm here for. Also, Nicola Scott does the art on the first story. And I love Nicola Scott, more Nicola Scott all the time, especially doing Wonder Woman. What's Nicola Scott done? Uh, you may know her from Black Magic. I think she did work with Gail Simone on uh, Secret Six for a little while. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she kicks ass. And I'm okay. happy to see her on more stuff. So Okay. All right. Um, DC and Marvel has been, have been doing a lot of these anthology series books. You know? I, I love them. I love them. I love the idea of them. I'm glad that they exist because they are such easy, like... Buys for people who are not reading comics or who right. struggle to get into comics. It's easy to like hear, pick up whatever issue you're gonna enjoy, you're gonna have a good time, and you're gonna get a little sort of smattering of what this character is like when done by a bunch of different creative teams. Also, yes, it gives right. opportunity for like other people who don't usually do Marvel and DC stuff to do Marvel and DC stuff. Like uh and last in the last blue and gold, I think we got like Tilly Walden on a Wonder Woman story, who does a lot of indie stuff that I really, really like. Uh, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's like crazy to see her on like uh, uh, something that's not her own stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, the one anthology book I would love to see is an X-Men one. Where is it? Well, we had a because... Wolverine one not too long ago. Um, Did we? But it, yeah, Wolverine, Black, White, and Blood. Uh, it was pretty yeah. good four issue anthology okay. series and everything. Okay. But yeah, I agree with what Manny was saying that they're great for people to jump into to get yeah. to know the comic book version of these characters and what they're written like. Um, yeah. And it's great for new readers. Definitely. If you're a new reader, anthologies are a great way to kind of get your feet wet. And then before you dive in. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know why they're X, X Men legends is the thing because X Men legends kind of sucks. And I have not been a fan of X Men legends. You could do the same thing that X Men legends is doing, but do it in a smaller scope with, and in, like an X-Men anthology series because there's so many characters. Yeah. Like we could touch on like those characters um, because both companies are doing it, DC and Marvel. So like, why not an X-Men, you know? I think team anthologies are a thing that they have not explored, but would be a great idea. Like in general, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like instead of that, like, like instead of wasting four books on Teen Titans, because that's what DC would feel like, because they'd be like, oh God, they're not all going to sell, right? Give me right. like a fun Titans anthology and then like go through every era of the Titans because you can do that because it's in the anthology book. So you can have people yeah. work with all that space. 
Yeah. Yeah. The team, different teams from different time periods. That would be that would be cool. And you do like an untold stories type thing, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But the question is, and I wonder if this is the case, do anthologies sell well in trade paperback form? Probably not. No, they don't. I can I can say that they do not. No. <laughs> I sell comic books. Is it, yeah. is it because they could they could take it or leave it? Is that it's the I take it or leave it mentality? It's a combination of that. And then for some reason, Marvel has only been doing them in treasury size. And most people do not want a treasury sized comic book. What's know? a treasury size? Like this big. I got you. They're like an they're oversized over, thing? Yeah, they're like the size of a of an atlas almost or of like a map. If I make yeah, treasury there size. you go. That's a treasury size right there. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. They're huge. It's, but it's, it's so you can like appreciate the art more and stuff. Um, but not everybody wants those because, you know, yeah. they, they don't stack on bookshelves. I mean, look at the art, though, on that. That's a that's an awesome Superman right. one. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, huh. in my experience so far, most of the treasuries that I've bought and uh, that I've, I've stucked up on for these anthologies, people really aren't picking them up. So, yeah, we'll see, though. That, yeah. <laughs> so that's probably why. Yeah. They don't want to like spend all their time doing anthology series if they're not going to sell in that second stage. Yeah, you know? I think if they just did them um, as regular trade paperbacks, maybe yeah. be a little bit more attractive for people. Um, because yeah. you know, like I, I always tell people, like if you want to get to know a character, an anthology is a great way to go. Um, because yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize that the the comic book characterization of the characters tend to be very different. I mean, a good example would be look at Black Panther in the comic books. He's a jack of all trades. He's a super genius. He's super powerful. He's all these things but they kind of have dispersed his character into other characters in the movies. Like he's not the genius. He's not all of these things. He's just kind of black Panther. Um, So you get a different characterization in the comic books than you do in the movies. And I think anthologies are a great way for people to get to know them in that way. Definitely. Definitely. Um, Cause the thing about the show is like, I love giving recommendations to people that like that haven't started. And like, mm-hmm. they want to know where to start because there's, you know, and we're constantly talking about that on the show. It's like, where do we start? Is this a good uh, uh, comic series to start off with? A lot of the time, no. I think yeah. that there's like, you know, good picks out there. Um, what did we talk about, Manny? Oh, we talked about Wonder Woman Black and Gold. Yep. Yes. Um, I'm trying to see if uh, uh, there was anything else that was, I didn't get to read uh, uh, Mr. Miracle this week. Did you guys read Mr. Miracle this week? Yep. Uh, How'd that go? That is uh, the the book that everybody is sleeping on, but nobody should be sleeping on it because it's like really good. Uh, yeah. It is focusing on Shiloh Norman, the other Mister Miracle, the one that came after Scott Free, uh, in a timeline world, whatever you want to call it, without where Scott Free doesn't exist. It's just uh, Shiloh and the person previous whose name I cannot remember off the top of my head. I always forget. Yeah. Uh, there was a there was a previous Mr. Miracle who was sort of a traditional escape artist, but in this book they uh, give him a, a new origin in which he he actually had a mother box previously and he taught everything that he knew to Shiloh Norman. And they're touching on uh, throughout the book like race and fame and how those two things interact and the legacy of Mr. Miracle because this issue is all about how this is like one part of a huge inter, uh, interconnected multiverse. And we're sort of bringing up that like Scott free exists, but just not on this timeline. And they're re- yeah, which I was surprised that they're actually doing in this book. I was expecting like a little standalone Mr. Miracle story, but on a, in a different world featuring Shiloh Norman. Right. 
But no, this is like, they're really going into like, no, this is like a big multiverse story. And this issue is ramping up towards that. And here he goes to New Genesis for the first time, meets Orion, who has already met him, but in a, in a different time. It's getting a little convoluted, but they are mm. closing it out pretty soon. I think it's six altogether once it'll be done, six or eight, something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested to see how they close it all out because I'm, I've been really digging this series so far. Also, the art in it has been great. Uh, I would say this is good if you have an, like an idea of who the new gods or Mr. Miracle are. But if you don't, you, you might be a little confused going into this because they, they like go really heavy into the new god stuff, especially in this issue, and into like the multiverse stuff. So if you're a new yeah. reader, it might be a little bit overwhelming. But if you're already like a comics reader and just like are looking for something new to read, Mr. Miracle, Source of Freedom, really good. And it's almost done, so probably going to be a great trade when, when it's all done, six issues. Yeah. Um, as a fan of both DC Comics and Marvel Comics, I'm so sad that The Eternals is getting a movie before The New Gods. Ugh. Because The New Gods are so much better than The Eternals on, like, Absolutely. every single, like, thing. Why? It's so sad. It's so sad how DC has dropped the ball that's going to affect them 20 years down the line. Like, you know what I mean? Like, even yeah. if they right, right their wrongs now, uh, they've DC's lost making, so much. They've they lost made a so big much. mistake not touching any of the Kirby stuff from that time. You know, the, any of the Fourth World stuff, Etrigan, the New Gods, any of that. They, they have so much there that they can go into that is so yeah. good. Also, um, when they did, making it so lame. Like... Gosh. Yeah. Kirby was all about things that popped, color, yeah. really big, over-the-top, ridiculous character designs. He, like, all this, like, very comic booky shit. But when they put them in the movies, it, like, Apocalypse sucks. Yeah. Like, the, the planet Apocalypse is, like, super boring. Yeah. Uh, they chose no the most, like, very... coming out of it or anything. Yeah, yeah. come on. Like, yeah. like, if you want to do, like, a like a peak comic booky like, big superhero movie i think i feel like new guys is like the time but yeah really yeah. just go and even for like it. eternals doesn't even look but like, like it doesn't eternals look kirby-esque yeah yeah like not look at all. kirby and eternals at all yeah the most kirby thing we've gotten is like ragnarok yeah or ragnarok that would be the closest yeah sure to like a kirby-esque yeah like a tales of asgard type thing i get that man <laughs> I know you share my deep love for Kirby, Joel, so... All hail the king. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I... I, Yeah, that's a separate... Ah, yeah, that's ah. a whole other conversation. Yeah. Whole like, because <laughs> Joel, Joel just name-dropped Etrigan, and Etrigan could have been just a self-contained supernatural DC movie. Yeah. You could have done it, like, like, doing it like Keanu Reeves' Constantine, you could have done one similar to that. And I would have been yeah. fine with that. A man who shares his body with a demon from medieval times. How crazy would that be? Yeah. These are also, like, he only even if they're not bars. home runs. Yeah. yeah. He only spits bars. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, by the way, if it was the 90s, though, you know that Etrigan would have, like, come across, like, a street bat, like, a rap battle on the street. Oh, and no. Then, like, and then <laughs> there would have been an awkward 90s moment where he was like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm trying to think of who Jason Blood would have been in the '90s, though. Like, who would have played him? Who would have played him? Ah, 
Unfortunately, <laughs> the answer is also Keanu Reeves. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing about Keanu Reeves. You put him in any like like time in history of any country, and for some reason, you buy that he's there. You're like, yeah. Yeah, oh right. yeah, medieval times, he's there. You know, yeah. uh, pre-colonial Hawaii. Yeah, he's oh there. yeah, <laughs> you know. Jacob uh, is like a pretty stoic dude, all things considered. Yeah. Like, like he's a pretty like he's not an explosive personality kind of guy. I feel like Keanu yeah. Reeves would. I mean, even now, right. probably would nail it. I don't know. Let's right. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like uh, there, there's somebody out there who, and I'm gonna I'm gonna think about this, but uh, we'll we'll come back to it. We'll circle time. back. Yeah. Uh, okay. So so we got Mr. Miracle here. Uh, uh, somebody brought up Thor number seventeen. And I want to talk about that. Uh, did any of you guys read Thor 17? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, I am digging the current run of Thor. I am. Yeah. I'm digging the Donald Blake stuff that happened previous to this. I'm digging... Uh, excuse me. I'm getting burpy. Uh, I'm digging a lot. Uh, I know who brought up Thor... Oh, now I got the hiccups. I burped and then hiccups. <laughs> uh, aggressively relaxing on YouTube said, did anyone read Thor? Pick of the week. That's insane art that I would hate to ruin. But basically there was some really good art in this yeah. and we deal with the four. We haven't, I don't know whether we've ever dealt with these four before, but it's Thor, Odin, Frigga or Freya. Freya and Angela. Uh, and Angela. Yeah. Just four of them being like a weird four person nuclear family. Yeah. So like yeah. Loki's not there. Nobody else is there. And it's just four of them. And yeah. Odin and Freya are, Separated. separated yeah i and thought it was so yeah. awkward it's so yeah. awkward in that sense yeah i thought it was great because they're on vanaheim obviously yeah. right in the wild and yeah there's all these issues that are still kind of bubbling up from war of the realms with you know creatures from yodaheim showing up from all the realms and everything but yeah. they have this like big fight action danger kind of thing a freaking cat with gatling guns on it but then yeah. juxtaposed to that juxtaposed to that is this like really family dynamic of like a family that's kind of going through some stuff right now with each other. And I thought it was a great balance between those two things of seeing kind of Thor and Freya and Odin and Angela and, you know, all of them interacting with each other and the split in their family, but also with all this like crazy, we're not even going to worry about the giant beasts that are trying to kill us. We're all gods. Like, you know what I mean? Kind right. Of thing going on. I thought it was really interesting. I thought yeah. Donnie did a great job on that one. Yeah. Uh, an interesting moment is that they were like, oh, the god of the hunt is coming. Yes. And it's Freya. Yeah. It's Freya on a battle cat yeah. with a gatling gun. <laughs> gatling guns on the side. And then it. they realized, and then, but then they say, oh, you're the goddess of the hunt. And she's like, yeah. god. God of the hunt. And she, yeah. makes, she makes a specific point to say she's the god of the hunt and yeah. not goddess. And I wonder why. I think it's... Is it try? Uh, what's the point of that? Is it, is it the same way that like there you know actresses, certain actresses are like, I'm not an actress, I'm an actor. Like, yeah, yeah. I thought it was maybe something like actor. that. Yeah, it's or, not feminized. It's not. It's just a yeah. term. I think that they were trying to also establish her as in a new version, right? Because she's totally been redesigned um, in the last yeah. issue. It's sixteen. It's a completely new look for her. Um, in a completely new role for her. So I think he's just trying to differentiate that, like, this is a new Freya. Like, this isn't right. what you're used to when you see her in the comics. 
Um, yeah. But then they kind of change that up too, still a little bit, where she, you know, you kind of see some of her connection with Thor, obviously in their relationship yeah. and everything towards the end. A very mother son moment that I thought was really touching. Um, right. I'm a sucker for a good family dynamic, so especially in comic right. books between my favorite heroes. Uh, but I think they did it. I think he was just trying to show that, like, hey, like this is a new Freya. Still has obviously she's still Thor's mom. Still, you know, loving and caring, and still you know has her family and everything and all this. But like, it's a new Freya. It's a new design, yeah. a new take on her character, which I thought was a nice way of kind of pushing her forward, but still kind of paying respect to uh, her origin and everything. Yeah, I like the idea that she's separated from Odin and thus reinventing herself because yes. even though we don't think of our parents as people, parents are people and yeah. like they have wants and desires and like personality shifts and like wanting to like, you know, do the things that they didn't get to do while they were in their previous marriage. Yeah. Um, and Odin is like a, a fraction of himself. Like, I feel like Freya is really, like, becoming herself, like, yeah. her real self. And then Odin is, like, oh, no. That old man. Because <laughs> he made all the wrong moves. Yeah. You know? He, up he never dealt. He never dealt with anyone caringly, right? Yeah. He was never soft with his approach. Yeah. He was well, always, he was literally the epitome of toxic masculinity. Yeah. And that's kind of what like they're punch. dealing with the fallout of now, right? With all of his spells and his protections and everything kind of fading because he doesn't have the power anymore and Thor is kind of suffering the backlash of his father's mistakes yeah. um and having to you know kind of you know like he said in there he's like I'm, I'm gonna be the final king like this can't be yeah something that continues the way that we're doing it um so I think it's an interesting kind of showing the difference between how they're dealing with the separation between these two characters and then kind of the fallout from you know almost an opposite of what uh of tom taylor like we were saying for superman son of kal-el and nightwing where it's it's the predecessor has actually really failed the successor uh in this essence right. instead of like the successor overtaking um now thor has to like clean up all the mistakes of his father um which i think i just added to that really great dynamic that we had with them around that campfire and everything i thought that whole part of the book was like it was the latter half of the book was all just so well written um, with all the characters interacting and just, you know, real family dynamic and everything and, you know, where they're at in their different journeys and everything kind of intersecting at this moment. Yeah. Uh, it's been weird not seeing Angela for so long, but I'm glad yeah. that, because I don't it's think we've seen her since Strike Force. I think Strike Force might have been the last time. I don't, yeah. I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember, remember if there's been anything since. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Manny, you got yeah. something that you read? Uh, did you guys read Superman 78 at all? Are you guys reading that? I'm behind on that. I one. did. I did. Yes. I got it. I got it. Uh, where, where did I? Oh, no. Did I not prep it? I have it. But yes, talk about it. Uh, I want to like this book a lot more than I actually do. And I think part of that is because of how good Batman 89 is. Uh, like, yeah. Batman uh, is really good. It's <laughs> yeah. fucking excellent. It's really good. <laughs> uh, yeah. But Superman, the, the original Christopher Reeve Superman, is my favorite superhero movie of all time. Uh, really? Yeah, I love that. I get that. that. I get that. Uh, huh. My man. Um, <laughs> but in sort of in contrast to what Batman 89 is doing, where it's taking real risks, you know, and taking yeah. advantage of the fact that, like, oh, this is sort of like a movie tie-in thing to something that we don't actually have to, like, follow, right? So we can sort of right. do whatever we want and... Uh, take chances and make a story that really has something to say. Uh, 78 just sort of feels like a Brainiac story. 
like a fine yeah. brainiac story like like you know brainiac's approaching and like he, he, he wants he wants superman and, and you're like i i this is stuff that i've seen before uh yeah yeah one thing in this issue though they pull out the cellophane s again nice uh, that yeah that's awesome it was cute but i also don't <laughs> like it you know like it's you you're, you're trying to go for like the charm of these types of movies so i i like get that right yeah uh but yeah, this uh, I just wanted to bring it up because I'm like kind of I'm kind of disappointed in this book because I'm like Matt, you have like the uh, again the opportunity to like take risks and do different things and sort of uh, really like make a book about something or even if you don't want to make a book about something, do a Superman story that we haven't seen before with it with right, with right. this sort of framework and and yeah. now we're just doing like a uh, like the thing that Jeff Johns did like ten years ago. It's a like, paint by numbers Lex Brainiac Superman story. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, we've seen it. We've seen it in the animated series. Mm-hmm. We've seen it in Jeff Johns' run. Like mm-hmm. we 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 see it so many times. Lex Brainiac, yeah. Superman. Every couple years, there's a new story, and it's always the, the same. big three, right? Yeah, right, right. And, and it's uh, like the be- best part. Oh, oh what's up? No, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say, just the best part about this issue, although it pales in comparison to Batman eighty uh, nine, eighty nine. Mm-hmm. I'm in 89, uh, is that uh, this Lex Luthor, like that's my favorite part about this this uh, comic, is this version of Lex Luthor. Uh, uh, but other than that, yeah, it just kind of pales in comparison. Yeah, like, and it may not be like, again, it, this may just be me comparing two books as opposed to like judging the quality of the book on its own. Because I feel yeah. like on its own, and if you're like not super into Superman, right, let's say if you're if you're a person who watched those old Superman movies and you see this and you're like, oh, this, I'll, I'll like give this a read and you haven't like really kept up with Superman comics for, you know, the last 20 years or something, uh, like 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 any of us have, like, sure. I, f- I feel like you could get some enjoyment out of this, right? Like, it's it's fun and it's kitschy in, in the sort of same way that those old Superman movies are. Uh, but I'm just hoping that down the line, because I'm going to keep reading it, uh, I'm hoping that as we go on, we'll sort of be able to expand on this and do something different and new and mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I mean I I'm loving Batman '89, but we've talked about it on previous episodes where it's like, yeah, Batman '89. So the book's good. really good. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. It didn't have to. It didn't have to do. Like, there's a couple of books <laughs> out there that don't have to be that good. And that one's they, not good. <laughs> that one's that good. You know. Um, I didn't read this, but I have cover art for it. Deathstroke Inc. I didn't get to read it. It was on my list to read. Uh, I love Black Canary, uh, and I am Deathstroke is cool sometimes. Uh, I'm interested to see what's going on here, but I didn't get to read it. I don't know if you guys read it. I didn't yep. read that one either. I read it. Okay, uh, what's going on? It's like fine, uh, but the deal is. <laughs> let, let me just preface this with that. Uh, Deathstroke is deciding that he wants to turn a new leaf and become a, a good guy-ish. So this uh, mysterious organization that has dots in its name, so this you know it's mysterious, called Trust, uh, is <laughs> like, yo, what's up? Help us save the world, Deathstroke. And he's like, I guess. And then they're like, hey, Black Canary, help us save the world. And she's like, with him? And they're like, but like the world, man. And she's like, I guess. Uh, and this issue is a pretty like straightforward first adventure for these two. They stop a new version of Hive. It's got some like oh. weird like bee people and stuff. So like, this is like real bees have. Uh, and that's sort of fun. Um, if you, if you just like want to pick up a new, like straight up action focused series, 
you know, it's it's like a fun read, but it didn't do anything for me. Like even at the end, I thought they were gonna have a character moment because Black Canary's like, why why are you really doing this, Deathstroke? And he like mm -hmm. takes off his mask and he's like, I'm dying. And then he's like, Nah, I'm just kidding. I just like want to kind of be a good guy now. Uh, <laughs> and the and in the end, you know, we we uh, we hint at trust mysterious whatever the hell they're doing because they're clearly got their own motivations as opposed to just being like the shield of the DC universe right now. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, yeah, like, again, a fine first issue, a fun first issue. The action was cool. Uh, Howard Porter is on art, and I didn't like Howard Porter back in the day, but I really like modern-day Howard Porter since, like, he was okay. on Clash with Williamson a little while ago. Yeah. Uh, and he, like, still kicks ass, but otherwise, like... Nothing that really grabbed me. There was no, like, emotional moment in here or, like, real big, like, oh, yeah, moment that made me want to sort of keep going because it's just, like, there's a shady organization and two people who, like, maybe don't usually work together working for them. That's that's all you got so far. Mm. Okay. All right. Uh, I feel like DC is pushing this because it's not a limited series. It looks like an ongoing. So yeah. for DC to do that, that must show that they trust the concept to sell and to last long enough. I think they're going to try and ride Deathstroke on it just because it's Deathstroke is so popular. He's such a, a loved character by so many people. I mean, it, yeah. it's, I, I, as you know, on the retailer side of it, um, there's DC does a really good job of at least giving us like previews and stuff. So I actually had access to this one a couple of months ago. I didn't read it, but it was available. <laughs> um, I was just like, eh, I kind of skimmed through the first part of it. And I was like, I don't really feel like reading this right now. Cause it's just like a PDF yeah. version of it that they give us so that we can kind of yeah. skim it and be able to sell it. But they only do that when they really want you to sell the book. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So they like, yeah. they're really hoping that this one takes off. Um, I mean, I might read it now. It sounds like I got plenty of action series that I read. So. <laughs> right. Right. Um, uh, what was I, I was gonna say, uh, Words. You've got them. Come I, on. I forget. I forget. Other than I didn't read it, and I will. I will. We'll see how it goes. Uh, what else? Let's see. I'm trying. I'm trying to check out what else came out uh, this week. Uh, Bro, oh, extreme. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah, I was going to start off with this one, this indie that I I absolutely love, and I'm sure Manny will appreciate it too. Uh, Lock and Key, yeah. Hell and Gone, from the Sandman universe. Right. Ugh, is it technically? Is it technically a indie if it's allied with Vertigo or whatever? Well, yeah, it's, it's DC IDW. Um, obviously yeah. DC because of the Sandman characters, IDW because of the yeah. Lock and Key characters. Uh, but man, it was good. <laughs> it was. It was what? a lot What's of fun. What's the premise? I have no idea what Lock and Key even is. Oh, is that man. The Dude, you are series? missing out. You are Lock, missing is that out. The Netflix so series? good. Lock and Key is so good. It's written oh. by Joe Hill, Stephen King's okay. son. Oh, such a oh. good book. Such a good uh, book. That's so like this peak is like horror comics. Yeah, book. peak horror comics for sure. So Lock and Key. So they do like spinoffs from Lock and Key, and they've done a couple of them. And the last one was called Pale Battalions, which is set um, turn of the century, World War One time period. Uh, which okay. I actually did not read that one. I kind of regret it now because it ties into this one quite a bit. Um, but this one, Helen Gone takes place 15 years after that previous one in the mid-1920s. Um, but yeah, Lock and Key, the key house, essentially, they have these magical keys. There's hundreds of them uh, that can do different things. They can change your gender. They can change your race. They can open up your mind. Um, they can take you. They have one that's called the Anywhere Key. It just opens up the door to anywhere you want to go. Um, but in this one, so what I really enjoyed about this one is it ties 
directly into the Sandman, which I know Manny has read the Sandman. I don't know if you've read it, Dimitri. Um, uh, not Sandman proper. I was I, I read a bunch of Lucifer and Hellblazer, mm-hmm. but not Sandman. So yeah, this ties directly into Sandman and answers a couple of questions like how did the Corinthian get out of the dream world? How did um, the um, the good dream uh, that looks like Teddy Roosevelt, I can't think of his name. Um, how did he get out of the dream world? And how did like these characters that are our dreams, how did they escape into real life? Um, and how did, you know, dreams helm and his Ruby end up in hell, right? Like how did these things kind of end up there? And then we actually were talking about Etrigan earlier. Um, there's a part in the Sandman where dream goes and he sees Etrigan and he's like, Oh, you've been promoted to a rhymer. We actually see how Etrigan became a rhymer uh, in yeah. this book, which was really cool. Um, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a prequel. It's like a pre like, it's like a tie in prequel kind of. Um, okay. So it's like Etrigan's tie- been a rhymer as far as we've known. Yes. Yeah. So, but he's right. not even in this, he's, he's in the Sandman universe, at least in my understanding from what I've read of Sandman and, you know, this lock and key now, and, you know, Etrigan's not attached to Jason Blood. Like, he lives in hell. Like, he's straight up in hell. Oh. This is like Etrigan without Jason Blood. This is just so Etrigan. Pre, so it'd be pre-Jason Blood, right? Because he's yeah, currently be bonded. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it's okay. like pre-Jason Blood. I mean, it's, it's, you know, Etrigan is just another demon in hell. Um, yeah. So essentially, this, um, this girl, I can't remember her name off the top of my head either, she basically goes into the dream world to try and find a book and actually the library that's in Sandman of all the books that have never been written and all of the stories that were never told uh, gets a book from there to try to figure out how to make a deal with the demon to get into hell. So she creates her own key to hell so she can challenge Lucifer for his throne. Um, what? Yeah, it's, it's good. And what I thought was really great was Gabriel Rodriguez drawing Sandman characters was just like, wow, like everything you would want in that. But it was so good. And we it ties perfectly in with Sandman. It ties perfectly in with Lock and Key. Um, it was just an overall great read. It was a two-issue series. If you haven't read Lock and Key, if you haven't read Sandman, it, you would probably be pretty lost. Um, but if you've read Sandman, if you're a fan of Sandman, it's definitely worth reading just for some of the, you know, like little callbacks and tie-ins. Um, there's like a character in, in Sandman that... Um, you know, after Dream escapes, he basically locks this guy into an ever-waking nightmare uh, so that it was like a nightmare that every time he thinks he's awake and he's out of the dream, it's just another dream nightmare that's going to start right over. And every time he wakes up, so we see him when he's younger and he uses the Anywhere key and goes off somewhere. Uh, but when he comes back, he's like, oh, I wish I could live in dreams forever and just keep waking up in another dream. It's kind of like a one line of dialogue that hints at at that previous thing that happened in Sandman, which was fun. So yeah. they do a really great job of tying it all together and everything, but it was a really fun read uh, for fans of Lock and Key, fans of Sandman universe. You would really enjoy that one. DC's doing a lot with Sandman right now, yeah. right? They got some big plans coming out. You got a TV show coming. Yep. Yeah. How many TV Netflix. shows? Just one? I think it's just the one. I know that. Um, in the podcast, I think, or like the audio books. Oh, audio yeah. Books. Yeah, they have an audio book right. as well, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Neil Gaiman's trying to get his money's worth from it, which is, I'm I'm down with. It's a great book. Go off, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it, it looks um, like, yeah. Excited. I'm glad that you brought it up because I, I, I wouldn't have remembered that one. And also, Maybe I'll give Lock and Key a, sh- uh, a, a oh, yeah. shot because I'm never- not. Maybe you will give Lock and yeah. Key a shot. It's, it's on October. It's the perfect time, my man. Yes, it, Lock and Key you're is. You're gonna read so one horror good. comic this October. Let it be Lock. It's six oh. volumes. It's done. Yeah. Okay. It, it's it, an it easy is- read. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. 
Beautiful uh, artwork. Okay. I, yeah. I, I trust you guys, but also... Okay. I might relock ah, with you again after talking about I it. Gotta, <laughs> I got uh, I, I will do it. I think that's like a weekend thing. I gotta like you binge could do on it weekends, in a, you, you know? Can, you could binge it in a weekend. Do like, yeah. do okay. like two or three trades a week. Two, two trades yeah. a week, you could get it done in a month. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And you'll want to read them. After you get through that first one, you're going to be hooked. Yeah. You're going to be hooked. I am I am binging. This is just watching TV. I'm binging Fringe because I've never seen Fringe and I'm trying to get through it. And then I also realized that Doom Patrol also just came back uh, yes. uh, out. And I didn't realize that. So I watched a couple episodes last night. I'm. I feel like I'm always on my hind on my back foot because I want to watch and read everything. Yeah, I'm always, you know, so much content for us to consume, (laughs) right? And it's not also it's like it's 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 for me to enjoy it, but then also like for comics, like it's us talking about it on the show, and like I gotta read this week's comics so I can talk about on the show, and it's just it's it's so overwhelming, but I will I will do it. Um, I want to just do uh, run do a quick run through of any other ones that have come out. If anyone, you don't have to say anything about it, but if you want to, you can say just like a sentence and we can get through like a bunch of the other titles that came out this week. If that's cool with you guys. Yeah. Um, did anyone read Winter Guard number two? I only read Winter Guard number one. Uh, it's cool. I just need to figure out who this Red Widow uh, lady is, but I have no idea. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, then we got Black Cat number 10. Did anyone read Black Cat? Uh, okay. Uh, there's something cool going on right now with infinite, the infinity score where she's trying to steal the gems, but I don't know how, um, I don't know how it's working. I haven't, I haven't read it, but somebody else was on the show that said they read it, but I forget who it was. I haven't told uh, multiple anyone... people to read Black Cat. I just haven't. Oh yeah. It yeah. I've heard a couple of people say it's been really a great read so far. So, but I haven't okay. been reading it myself. Uh, we're just running through, let's see, Marvel stuff. Cause there were a couple DC that we didn't get to touch on, but Marvel right now, the Marvel's. Number five is anyone reading the the Marvels? I want to know what it is. Is it supposed to be like the like Marvels, uh, uh, the Alex Ross comic? Is that what I'm talking Kingdom about? Kingdom Come. No, 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 the Marvel one. Uh, no, I know. Is it, is it, I think I've, what I've been told is that it's Marvel's version of Kingdom Come. I've heard someone say it like oh, that. I haven't been reading. Earth, I'll probably get like it Earth X. Something like that. Yeah, I'm not 100. No, I'm. I'm talking about. Uh. The Kerbusia Galax Ross, right? I'm talking about this this one right here. Uh, Marvels. Huh. You guys haven't uh, read this one? No, I've read that. Yeah, the book is excellent. Oh, that oh okay. Oh, oh, oh yeah. 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 Uh, I I thought it was related to that, but is it not related to that? Oh, I don't know. I haven't been reading the current one that's coming out right now. I haven't. Okay. This one's called yep. The Marvels. Oh, but this is also Kurt Busiek. Hmm. Oh, so it has to be related. It probably it is. It has to be. Yeah. Uh, uh, but quick. it has modern characters in it. Uh, this is you got, this is like a Transformers book that's going on right now that's like really good. Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. Uh, it's called Transformers Shattered Glass. It's on number two this yeah. week. Uh, yeah. the, the premise is super simple. What if Autobot's bad? Decepticon's good. Simple as that. We do like a little swap there. Uh, oh, interesting. Yeah, uh, and the idea is that the Autobots have just straight up taken over Cybertron, and they've split it up into four different uh, areas, like one with like a bunch of volcanoes, another one with other stuff in there, and they're all ruled by a different, like, significant Autobot. 
Uh, and each okay. issue here is focusing on a, on a different character in that world. The first issue was uh, Blur, which I thought was really cool. This issue is focusing on Megatron, specifically Megatron and Starscream, because Starscream's like, yo, all the, Decept the Decepticons are kind of messed up right now. I'm on the run from a bunch of people. I need your help. And Megatron's like, I've been through too much to get back out there again. I was not a great leader like you think I was. I was this like, uh, I was just doing what I had to do. Uh, and it's yeah. sort of an interesting character story, as you see this, uh, the, the actions of Megatron reinterpreted, one, as a good guy, and two, from two very different perspectives. One, the idealistic Starscream, who only sees him as this, like, great leader hero, and the other, from Megatron, who's just, like, had it, and he's, like, suffering from, like, PTSD from all the shit that they went through. It's really good, and even if you're not, like, up on the Transformers comics, it's completely standalone, so it's totally worth jumping into. Okay. Um, we can, we can hit a bunch of different independent comics cause, uh, uh, um, uh, cause, cause I don't, I don't know. Sorry. Is there background noise? A little bit. No, I don't have anything. Uh, who's, uh, someone's talking in the background. Oh, one second. Let me turn mine down. That might be my, my wife's watching TV downstairs. Oh, okay. Cool. 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 Yeah. Um, what was I saying? Oh, uh, let's hit, uh. Uh, a couple others that you guys told me about. Um, if we can get just quick blurbs as far as uh, uh, as far as um, uh, these comics are concerned, like Adventure Man number five. Who told me that they were reading that one? Me, also. Probably. Me. What? Yeah. Uh, what? Uh, if you want to just give me a sentence about it, and we can move on to the next one. Um. What if old pulpy superheroes were real but totally forgotten about it? A woman is discovering that it's really good. Totally worth reading. Okay. All right. Uh, I yeah. The whole pulp comic genre is uh, has been forgotten about, right? Mm -hmm. And like we see a little bit of it pop up now and again, but all right. And the uh, writer's Matt Paris... Fraction who kicks ass. Matt Fraction. Oh, is, is awesome. it Fraction? Yeah, it's right. Fraction, right. and uh, the artist is uh, the dude who uh, Terry Dotson who worked on Harley Quinn for a long time. He's very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Terry Dotson does good art. Mm -hmm. Um, Parasomnia Four. Who read Parasomnia Four? I did. The book has lost me. Oh, um, okay. It's fine, but I'm okay. It, it's, just, it's, it's, too, it's too confusing for me, and I'm dropping it. This issue. That's uh, fair. Human remains number one. Anyone give it a shot? Uh, Manny got it in this week. <laughs> yeah, dang. Uh, what if hum What if human emotions made a giant alien Cthulhu monster rip you in half? Uh, interesting premise. Good for Hall Good for the Halloween season. I'm in. Okay. All right. Uh, what about Echo Land? I missed this issue. I'm behind on that one. Okay. All right. Um, Echo Lands, I th What was that? Number two. Okay. Number two. Yeah. All right. What What's the basic premise, Joel? I don't. I'm behind. I haven't even read issue one. Yet. Oh, you're just, so behind. Yeah, you haven't James even Williams read it. Oh, okay. I can't not get it for that reason alone. Um, uh, but I haven't read it. It's it's it looks interesting because it's like printed on a vertical plane versus on horizontal. Um, oh, so it, it is. It's, it's it's like laid out very differently. The artwork is incredible. I flipped through the first issue, but I I have another friend who's into comics and he swears up and down by it. So I'm I'm probably gonna read it when I get off of here because I'm behind on it. But it looks okay. really really good. Some of the best artwork in comics is J. Williams. So okay, this right. third rules. Yes. Um. And then we have crossover number eight. Oh, great, yes, awesome okay. book. Fantastic. What, what are Fantastic. what are some quick blurbs? Joel, give me a give me a quick uh, blurb 
I mean, and for this one, if you're a fan of indie comics, if you've been reading indie comics for a while, a while, definitely worth checking out. I mean, just so it ties in so many things. You know, basically, for those that aren't familiar, crossover is if what if the comic book world came crashing into ours? Um, they went a little bit meta, or Donnie went a little bit meta this issue, um, kind of playing with like some four. He breaks the fourth wall through the narrative a lot, um, and he kind of went more meta with it on this one. Um, they're kind of exploring in this world where comic books are real. You know, what are the writers doing? What's happening to them? Because in the last issue, we had Chip Zdarsky get murdered. Um, you know, and he wrote his own murder, which was kind of a cool idea for that issue. Um, okay. But we're kind of seeing what happens to the uh, comic book writers in a world where all their creations are real. So, oh, If you are not a comics fan, this is going to be fucking impenetrable to you. But if yeah. you like image comics at all, or if you, like, have any awareness of comics as, like, an industry, you're gonna fucking love it. It's like yeah. Infinity War for like indie comics nerds. Yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. All right, yeah. all right. Um, DC Comics had Batman versus Bigby, which is weird that they're bringing back Fables. I do not know why, it, unless there's a HBO thing coming out. Probably. Uh, uh, <laughs> but but why are they doing Batman versus Bigby, a wolf in Gotham? I, I don't know why. It's a black label book. I didn't read it, but. Nobody here I read did. it? Oh, Manny read it. What's Manny, the quick blur man. on? Uh, yeah, right? Uh, <laughs> it's it's fine. It didn't really catch me. They they're do this is not the traditional Batman. He's got three Robins at the same time, which is really, really interesting. Uh, uh. but I wasn't like super into fables. Like I, I dropped I dropped pretty early on because it was super long. But uh, if you're if you're into like the video game The Wolf Among Us, right? Yeah. Uh, this 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 focuses on the main character of that as well as Batman. So if that seems appealing to you, you're probably going to dig it. For me, I'm probably not going to read the rest. That's fair. That's Interesting. Fair. Um, we also got a Harley Quinn number seven. Did anyone read Harley Quinn number seven? I read a couple issues in, and this is number seven, so I'm still a couple issues behind, so I got nothing. Other than, I think uh, I think this, I think this uh, DC Comics needs Harley. Like, I would never ask Harley to go away. I think that Harley is a staple, and I was thinking about Harley the other day, how, like, she wasn't in continuity until No Man's Land. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, No Man's Land is when she got brought into the comics. DC considers her their fourth pillar. Did you know that? Really? What? Out of the out of... Superman, Wonder Woman, and Harley Quinn. Nice. Really? Which yeah. She's super think, popular. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. But it's just interesting. It, the, yeah. Weird, weird mix of characters there. Like, three yeah. very clear... And then Harley Quinn. <laughs> That's okay. That works. Um... Uh, and then Marvel, uh, we got a couple of other things. Did anyone read the new Miles issue? No, uh, I missed it. Uh, I forget what this one's about. Did I even read it? I had to have read it. What was it about? Oh, yes, it was him and the stuff he gets up to, and then he has a date with Starlark or Skylark or whatever that, uh, the mm-hmm. daughter of the Vulture, and he has a date with her. And it's just a cute little thing with some backup side stories, and, uh, uh, it's a rather simple issue. Not yeah. much, but it's 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 their third, it's their ten year anniversary issue. That wow. new costume is sick. The new it. costume is sick. I love the new. It looks. So I, cool. I think it looks cool, but it looks too much like Scarlet Spider or Kane's Kane suit when he was Scarlet Spider. Like, it does look a lot like I mean, Kane's suit for sure. Yeah, but. I'm not a big fan of it. I think they they should have gotten Nicholas Draper Ivy 
uh, if I'm saying that right, Nicholas Tripper Ivy to yeah. to do the the design of this because he's already he already did the designs on on Static and those look amazing. So mm-hmm. you know why and this feels very much him? in his like aesthetic too with the with the sort of yeah. more way more like like regular clothes fit on Miles yeah. versus like a traditional yeah. costume. But I think that yeah. this totally fits for that character uh, and he's been needing a costume change for a while. So yeah. Ah. I don't know. I do like the classic. He'll eventually go back. He has to. They always he has do. To. <laughs> Every yeah. Spider-Man has like 50 costumes. It's yeah. Fine. Yeah. Um, and then also, just to, 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 to round it all off, there was Extreme Carnage Omega, which finishes off the run, and it was whatever. And, I mean, if you like those characters, it's a cool ending. But if not, whatever. That's yeah. all I got. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as we wrap up this episode, I want to say, say thank you to the audience out there for watching. Whoever's still out there, Jam Dog or Aries for the love of comics, Tim T, uh, Wednesday Pool, Aggressively Relaxing, Graphic Man, any of you guys out there who are still watching, thank you guys so much for watching uh, this episode of Comic Talk. And I want to thank Manny and Joel for coming out here, taking time out of their day to be here with me to talk about comics. Um, Manny, what's your social media? Where can we find you? What do you got coming up? Uh, you can find me on TikTok at Manny's Picks. That's my main platform. I talk about comics history and I do book recommendations. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Manny's.Picks. I've been uh, kind of behind on the TikTok upload recently. It's just been really busy, but we will get back to that soon. And I've got some fun stuff coming up there. So keep looking out. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Manny. Thank As you so always. Much for yeah. Joel, uh, where can we find you? What do you got coming up? Yeah, so you can find me um, at the GI Joel on TikTok and Instagram. I also do comic book recommendations <laughs> and comic book history. Manny and I make very similar content, but with different <laughs> takes, obviously. And Manny yeah. is a great guy. Um, but yeah, we I also do reading recommendations and everything. You can also find me on YouTube. I upload Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, I do reading recommendations on Monday, book reviews on Wednesday, and then updates on me opening my own comic book shop on Friday. So three times a week, you can see me on YouTube as well. Awesome, Yo, go watch Joe's awesome. stuff. He's great. Thank you, Manny. You are too. Well, every, everybody <laughs> should be out there watching both of you guys because both of you guys, uh, uh, if you like comics or if you're interested in comics, like you got to be following Manny and Joel on TikTok and Thank seeing you. their videos. And that's the kind of cool thing about TikTok is like you get into this corner of TikTok where it's like follow all those people and like really curate your your TikTok experience. You know? Yes. Um, you guys are you guys are definitely pillars of comic book TikTok. Uh, Thank so. You. <laughs> Thanks for that, thanks for it's very moving, right? <laughs> you guys do great work. I wouldn't bring you on here, like, like I wouldn't bring you on here if you guys weren't like what you guys are, you know? Well, thank you. Um, uh, for anyone out there who is watching this live stream, we are live streaming to Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and volume.com. That's our number one platform, volume.com slash the key show. Uh, uh, that's you know where you see our live streams, we do a bunch of live stream shows. But uh, we also take Comic Talk and we turn it into a podcast. So if you're listening to us on the podcast, you are listening to us wherever we uh, post our podcasts to. So that's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. We also have past podcast episodes there for Comic Talk, for our after shows that we do, and for our uh, The Key Live discussions. So this weekend, we're going to be talking about Venom 2, which I will be seeing tonight. Uh, nice. I do not. I did not ask for Venom one, I, but <laughs> I will see it. I and so I've been. I've been seeing it. So ah, uh, they suckered me. They, I, I'm buying the ticket. They get their ticket, no matter <laughs> what. Um, 
But uh, yeah, so we got a lot coming up. Uh, check out our Instagram and our TikTok at The Keeg Show. Also, if you're on Twitter, at The Keeg Show. Uh, we're all over the place. So however you guys digest us, please click like, comment, subscribe, follow, thumbs up, do whatever you can. Uh, again, we don't need monetary tips. Of course, that's greatly accepted. You know, we. But what's really appreciated is just having you guys as our fans. Um, and that's a big thing. And, you know, having your interaction is, is really nice and seeing you out there. Uh, but definitely follow us on Instagram at the Keeg show to keep up with schedules. And you'll see like other videos and stuff on, uh, TikTok at the Keeg show. Uh, we're doing a lot of cool stuff there, but either way, thank you guys so much for, for coming on the show, Manny, Joel, Thank you to the audience out there for watching this show. Uh, I'm your host, Dimitra Pereira. I will see you all next time on another episode of Comic Talk. Take care, everybody. Peace out. Did it do it? Nope, we're still on. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> I had to do it. All right. Peace out, everybody. Super fast.